0: There are so many opportunities available in franchising, and one is being a supplier. That's a very important partner role. And one of the things that we take for granted is our internet connectivity, but we don't take it for granted when it goes down. Join me in this episode of Franchise You as I talk with Carl Udler, who is the Senior Director of Marketing for Hughes, and he talks to us about the importance of connectivity and how you can tie that to the customer and team member experience. Welcome to the Franchise
1: U Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the Director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville.
0: And welcome to another episode of Franchise U. With me today, I have Carl Udler. And Carl is the Senior Director of Marketing for Hughes, which we will talk about in just a moment. But first, welcome, Carl. So glad you're here.
1: Thank you, Kathy. I always like talking with the franchise community. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Wonderful. Well, right now, you are currently the Senior Director of Marketing for Hughes, where you work with franchisors really to ensure that their data network is fast and secure and protects their brand. You've been with Hughes for 23 years in multiple roles, predominantly in marketing. you were an IT consultant in your early days, and you have an MBA from the Robert H. School of Business at the University of Maryland, and your undergraduate is from Drexel. And you also have a few certifications, including the Certified Franchise Executive. So let's talk a little bit about your career. Start at the beginning with your interest in IT and marketing. Could you share a bit about your early roles?
1: Sure. And I, I want to take that back a little further. I grew yeah. up in a technology household in the 80s before every house or every person had their own computer. My father had a computer consulting business, and we even before that had a computer that looked like a typewriter with a roll of paper and an acoustic coupler for the phone. So I, I grew up with an introduction to technology and realized that computers were in technology were going to be a phenomenon. That helped me decide to go to Drexel University. Mm-hmm. Drexel is the first school to require students to have a computer. It was an all Mac shop at the time, and it was just a, a great way to jump in head first into this entire world. My marketing career began when I went back to business school full-time in my late 20s, and I focused really on bridging the gap between technology and the business use of technology, often translating between the two fields.
0: And you know, oftentimes we need that translator, especially I think about, gosh, there you were growing up and I don't want to age you or anything or put a date on that. But if you think about it, what an early adopter you were. And you know, I had forgotten that Drexel was the first university to require that. So you were in on the ground floor of all that. How uh, fascinating. And so With all of this, so you worked in IT and marketing and you loved working in both, it seems. What brought you to Hughes? I mean, 23 years. So maybe tell us a little bit about your Hughes journey.
1: Certainly. So, 23 years with any company is very telling about the company itself. It's, It's really a great place to work. Out of my MBA program, I went to work for a company that's no longer around called Arthur Anderson in their business consulting group. And there I worked with Telecom. Customers of ours, we worked with them on a process and technology standpoint. And while there, I brought in a large telecom customer, which gave me some nice feathers in my cap. Well, about the same time, I learned that Hughes was starting up a professional services group, which is a perfect combination of the technology of telecom and the business acumen of consulting. Mm -hmm. So there was an obvious fit, and I helped them get that group up and
0: running. Ah oh, that's great. Then how did you transition to franchising because most of your work is in the franchise sector. And so how did you transition to that?
1: So the professional services group at Hughes was fantastic, but we started seeing a need with some of our large customers mm-hmm. that had thousands of locations on on the brand's account. And in the mid 2000s around 2005 or 2007 we saw many of those large customers transition from being the network provider for their franchisees to requiring their franchisees to still have our network services, right? And the network services include number one, the connectivity, number two, the security, and number three, the support. Mm-hmm. But the brands wanted us to work directly with the franchisees. Ah. So we were able to use the, the my process background, my business background, my experience in telecom to establish relationships instead of one customer with 10,000 locations, we now have the same 10,000 locations with 1,500 customers. Mm. And we were able to build the marketing process, the outreach process, and the systems to support that franchise model.
0: So I know that it's pretty complex when you're working with technology, franchisees, franchisors. So when you think about that, Carl, what were some of the most challenging aspects of working with both franchisees and franchisors of a brand?
1: The challenges were multiple. One, you're meeting people and getting people under contract that they're obligated to do. They were obligated to have the brand's network. Mm -hmm. So we were going out. It was important that we sang the same song and had the same reasons that the brand the franchisor had to ensure that when we're talking with the franchisees they understood the business purpose and the reason for having it Hmm. we know that many franchisees think that internet connectivity is internet connectivity is internet connectivity however what they were actually getting was a combination of secure internet connectivity, the full security, PCI compliance, credit card safety that the brand and the industry require, and then support from someone other than the brand.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that could be a tenuous situation at times, I'm sure, but also rewarding. Working with franchisees is always rewarding.
1: I found franchisees, uh, by and large, be great, good people.
0: Me too. Me too. So let's talk a little bit about your company. So, your company, and this is a quote, powers networks on which people everywhere depend. Can you explain the general goals of your company or what the service that you provide?
1: Certainly. So, we can break this up into connectivity and digital media services. They sound disparate, but you'll see where they come together in a moment. As I mentioned a few moments ago, all businesses are connected. It's really the lifeline or the backbone of the business. And it's the critical component of the store that keeps the store up and running and continues the systems generating revenue, however the store is connected. Now, this can include point of sale, back office, credit card, loyalty, online ordering, digital menu boards, and other IOT, internet of things, applications that are in the store. And we're seeing that more and more, not just with security cameras, but also with refrigeration monitors or with safes that are in there, or, or the fryer may have a temperature gauge or some sort of timer on there. Everything there is monitored. So to keep everything in the store running, having a solid connection to the store is very important. Many businesses also think that just having a connection is enough, but there's so much more. And that really is where Hughes comes in to help the business find the right connectivity, find the right network, and find the right security for them.
0: And You know, I um, operated restaurants in the early 2000s, and you don't think about how important the connectivity is until it goes away. And there's nothing like working a very high volume KFC Taco Bell on a Friday night and the registers go down. That's when you see how important your service is. So I appreciate you saying that. And I think now all the things you mentioned, oh, my gosh, there are so many contact points needing that connectivity these days. It's insane. So that leads us to that digital component. Tell us about that.
1: So the digital component is important. And when you think about digital signage, digital menu boards, break room TV, you're seeing that more and more in all sorts of franchise businesses, not just the QSR or fast casual business and what's so great about menu boards is that not only does your customer see the current offering the current price but they also see a picture of the offering and if you come up with a brand new gosser burger and no one quite knows what that is they can see a picture of it and say yes i want to order that the other benefit of let's stay with um digital menu boards is we have a customer that has 15 or 20 brands and speaking with the cio a couple years ago he had started to roll out menu boards on his own and he was running into the same trouble that we see with many brands where they're going and getting residential grade tvs from best buy or whatever their supplier is and they're trying to hang those themselves and the way they're integrating them is very labor intensive So not only people at corporate, but also the franchisee or the person at the store was updating the menu board and it wasn't quite in sync. When he saw our offering, it clicked. Not only is it a managed service and we come in with everything, with the monitors, with the mounting, with the technology and the portal, but all of the updating takes less than a few minutes and can be done from a central location. So whether it's a corporate office, whether it's a franchise office for their 10 or 20 or 50 stores, they can go into a portal, make the changes quickly, and all stores will be updated. One step further, Kathy, that can also be integrated with your inventory control system. Mm. So if you're running out of a certain type of French fry, it can be removed from the board when there's nothing left in inventory.
0: Oh my gosh. Versus a sticker that says we're out.
1: That's right. Also tied into your POS system so that the person, even if it's up there and they try and order it, it won't allow them to. So everything's tied together. And we like to think that everything in franchising is about customer experience, right? And if a customer comes in, orders their burger, fries, and drink, they get it, they pay for it, and they walk away. To them, it might be a routine interaction, Mm. but there's a lot that goes into that that makes it something that can really turn into a not good customer interaction if the broadband internet connection is down or there's a security issue or something else happens. So even your routine customer experience is a group customer experience that should be applauded.
0: You know, as you were talking, you made me think Have you done any AI integration into these point of sale or into these menu boards?
1: I, I don't think of AI as a standalone system. I Correct. see AI as a component to just about every system that's out there. So, to answer your question, yes, mm-hmm. AI is built into many of our systems. And one example of that is if we're providing the connectivity, security, and support at a remote location, and we know that in that area the internet connection can flap up and down sometimes be available sometimes not be available mm-hmm. well of course we'll put a 4G or 5G backup connection in there but as we start to see patterns of how those Broadband connections interact that gets built and learned so that we can using the AI foresee when something will happen
0: oh wow and
1: be able to proactively prevent it oh
0: isn't that Amazing. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So that's a little bit about digital. You talked about the menu board. What other types of digital signage do you provide?
1: One area that we do is with uh, store signage. You Mm -hmm. walk into a store, you see a monitor on the wall that's highlighting a product, showing a sale, um, showing how to use a product. And that can also further the marketing that they see before they even come into the store. So it's a nice transition from outside the store to inside the store with the same visual, the same messaging. We have a customer dirty dough. They make Mm -hmm. fantastic cookies. We implemented signage in their store so that customers can see the cookies. When they come in, the person decorating the cookies in the back has a monitor that shows them exactly how to do everything. And it's a great experience all around, not just for the customer, but for the employees as well.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And you know, Carl, also, you've written quite a few blogs or inside articles, and I found that interesting as I was doing my research. Can you tell me why you started this?
1: I found, Kathy, that when people are doing research on a certain business problem that they have. If it were 20 or 30 years ago, they would call up a company, talk to a sales rep, the sales rep would provide them information in a very salesy way, leading them down the true and righteous path to their product. But now that the internet is so prevalent, now that people do all of their own research on their own, and by the time they contact a salesperson at a particular company or two or three, they've already done their research. They know what they want. They know how the product will solve their business problem. And when they contact you, you're ready to have that engaged discussion with them. So what we do is we proactively put all of our marketing material out on the on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we make that available to anyone and everyone. I have my own website, my own page on the Hughes portal. Found I'm that. Carl Edler. Go take a look at it. But yes, when I go to a conference, I'll come back and write a blog about what I learned, what I saw some of the key attributes to a certain service and really share what I see going on in the industry so that everyone else can benefit from it as well.
0: Yeah, you've written quite a few just fascinating ones. Going back to digital, you actually wrote one about how franchises can use digital signage to boost sales and profits. And you talked a little bit about refreshing content regularly as well as targeting promotions. Um, Anything else you wanna talk about that was in that blog?
1: menu boards are really great and there's tons of benefits not just for the business itself but for customers Mm -hmm. i mentioned up-to-date food items pictures inventory syncing all of that but the the same signage can also be used to engage your employees Mm -hmm. right menu boards can be used dual purpose for training Mm -hmm. for example before a store opens they have the crew there in the morning Any digital signage that's in the store, whether it's a menu board or signage on the wall, can double as a training device. Wow. So You have the entire crew there before a shift, right before the store opens. You use those monitors to train them, to update them. This could be used out in the store or in the restaurant common area. It can be used in the break room. We have a break room TV offering that really updates everyone that goes in the break room and sits down for lunch or just takes a break there and in our break room tv what's interesting and i don't mean this to sound like a sales pitch but there are different formats where you can stream information from suppliers uh employee of the week birthdays all sorts of information that employees want to know about and you keep your employee engaged and Uh. we know that that is extra important these days with high turnover and and everything else
0: yeah, you did post a video about employee engagement and how your company helps with that. And I can see that working. You know, back when I used to lead learning and development, we didn't have that capability on, well, we didn't have digital menu boards everywhere as well. But how awesome that would be. I'm sitting here thinking that would be incredible. But then to put birthdays, and is that pretty easy for an individual manager to access and and use?
1: It, it is. It's it's a portal. It's a simple portal. Oh. They log into each device in the store or across all their stores has a name and a location and they can put in whatever they like so they can have customer-facing content and employee-facing content.
0: That's great. That is great. So that leads me to something that we're all worried about today and that's cybersecurity. And that's a concern, especially with a large franchise that has lots and lots of locations. Obviously, that seems to be an even escalated concern. What does your company do to ensure that, well, you can never you can never ensure it's not an issue, right? That's an unfair question. But what do you do to minimize the concern of cybersecurity and franchising?
1: We we call it preventing. Okay. Preventing cyber break-ins, right? Cybersecurity mm-hmm. is always a concern, especially in franchising when there are there's a brand and there are many franchisees in even more locations. Mm-hmm. So cybersecurity is more of an issue now than it's ever been. Um, years ago, we were only focused on credit card data, right? I mentioned that early on with personal information, PCI compliance came about back in the early 2000s, 2003 or five. But now hacking is rampant and it can bring in a store or an entire system to a standstill. The, the the classic story here, Kathy, is a CIO goes to his board and says, I wanna implement this security system it's $500,000. It'll protect the the brand and either the board or senior management says, no, we can't do that now. We're not going to give you the money. Everything is safe. It hasn't impacted us at all. Great. So then four or five months later, all of a sudden there's a hack Mm -hmm. and it's ransomware and the entire store or stores or system is completely offline. Mm -hmm. Then the CIO goes back to senior management and says, hello, yeah, I need 5 million or $20 million to pay the ransomware people, not in cash or a check, but in Bitcoin, and they're getting it. So there's a lot at stake. There's the company's reputation, revenue, of course, customer loyalty, we all know and hear when a certain store has been breached, Mm -hmm. right? And that that generates something in our mind that, really, do I wanna go back and shop there? So mm-hmm. we've had PCI compliant networks for a very long time. Now we offer a complete security suite of services to really protect our customers and protect their customers.
0: Wonderful. And it is a constantly evolving practice, I'm sure.
1: It It is. Many, many businesses think they want to be on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Mm. Yeah, the reality is they probably don't, especially not for an event like that.
0: No way. No way. You're exactly right. So let's talk a little bit about franchising towards the end of our podcast. So why are you so interested in franchising?
1: Kathy, I fell into franchising in the mid-2000s, as I mentioned, when we had our customers go from, and there were a number of customers that went from all locations built to the brand, and they would then in turn charge their franchisees to doing a direct model and decentralizing their network. I enjoy working with people Mm -hmm. with franchisors, franchisees, everyone in the ecosystem. And I have found that franchising is an ideal mix of technology, business, and business process, which is my career.
0: True. True. And you do like people. There is that. So that's a good one. And, you know, to demonstrate how committed you are to franchising, you earned your certified franchise executive during COVID. Why is this certification important to you?
1: You know, it's interesting. I started just before COVID at at an IFA show in February of whichever year it was. And I started down that path because we all know that franchising is complex. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to further understand our customers and the industry. And by pursuing the CFE, it's enabled to attend more industry events, whether in person or online, to learn more about franchising our brand's our our franchisee, and and what their interests are, where their problems are, Mm -hmm. where they may need help. And that helps us as a supplier, a vendor, come up and apply the right solutions to the right business problems. One quick example is Christmas season's coming up, Mm -hmm. and all retailers stop doing any maintenance on their system during the Christmas season because that's such a valuable time. We have customers that are in the pizza business, right? The pizza mm-hmm. Christmas season is when? The Super Bowl. I
0: was just going to say, yes, absolutely. Right? So, Super Bowl.
1: so during that time, we don't touch our systems. We step up to have extra support, especially in this day and age where there's a lot more online ordering, mm-hmm. right? You want to make sure that all orders come in. And then the last example I'll give is a, a seafood customer of ours that serves uh, prepared QSR-like seafood. Mm -hmm. when's their Christmas season? Well, that's
0: during the Easter. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly right. So we do the same staff up and make sure that everything's working well and we don't touch anything until after that period.
0: That's great. You know, it's really rewarding to hear you on the supplier side talk about that because having lived that for so long um, at Yum Brands, it's just really, it's really great to hear you say that. So let's talk a moment about what you see on your side, about the relationship between a franchisor and franchisee. What do you think are some things that can be done to make that even stronger? Maybe you have an example or two.
1: I I do. We, We, of course, work with brands, with the franchisor and franchisees all the time. And we focus on what their needs are, what their pain points are, and how we can help them grow their business. And we do this by doing traditional marketing, right? We sing the company song to the franchisees, tell them why it's important, but we also put together brochures and case studies that we put out on our website for everyone to benefit from. We go to industry events. We meet with people. We go to shows, conferences. We speak on panels. We've done keynote speaking in front of large audiences that specifically talk about, from our standpoint, that what we see going on in the industry and how the industry can help itself. They often don't know.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you you mentioned the pain points of a fast-growing franchise. You actually wrote a blog about that and you highlighted five network pain points, including outgrowing your network. What do you mean by outgrowing your network?
1: So before a company decides on what it's going to use for its technology suite, we wanna make sure and they wanna make sure that they don't buy something that will exactly meet today's needs, but something that they can expand their business with or something that will grow with their business. So because franchises grow at different rates, they may not be ready to make a switch at a particular time or upgrade to a new technology platform. So based on the size, we can work with them to size the network, to size the digital signage, to size the media based on a each individual locations needs. You might have a very large location that's the flagship of the brand. We'll make that the most robust network possible with plenty of open ports to plug additional services into. If it's a small seasonal location, we can work with that. So there's not a lot of technology tied up in that location for the short period of time that they're open. So we are technology innovators. We work with all sorts of providers throughout the US and we like to work with our franchisors to make sure we meet and exceed their needs and expectations.
0: Makes a lot of sense because obviously you don't wanna buy more connectivity than you need because that's a lot of wasted dollars, but you have to make sure you have enough. So it sounds like it's a balance. It sure is. It definitely sounds that way. You know, I was talking with um, a franchisor yesterday of a, of a brand, and it's a, it's a brand that's been around for a while. And technology has been really difficult with old legacy brands because in their FTDs, they may not have any technology fees. And now they need to add that in order to accommodate our changing world. Do you have a perspective on that?
1: You know, I... I- really came to understand franchising when I took Frangard and learned about the FDD. So that was very eye opening. And there are all sorts of other regulations that I wouldn't even try to speculate or touch on. Technology is important.
0: Mm -hmm. Having
1: the right connectivity is truly the backbone and lifeline of your business. Mm -hmm. And if you're in business to make money, which all franchises are, then adopting the right technology with the right ROI to bring in the right services and keep the revenue flowing. I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to
0: invest in that. That is hard to argue with. Well said, Carl. So my last couple of questions, I want to get a little personal with you. And you know, you had a very long career and you've done really well. And I know you're very well respected in the franchise community with the work that you do. And so is Hughes. You've accomplished a lot. What are you most proud of?
1: I know, Kathy, that you work with a lot of students. So I'll do a little bit more sharing than I typically would. And when I finished undergrad at Drexel, I began programming computers. Now it's called developing applications. Back then it was called programming. And I programmed in a language called COBOL, which even back then was 20 years old, and no one else was using it. I was not happy. And I wanted to make a clean break from that. So I went back to business school full-time, right? Stopped working, took on roommates, conserved money, went back and got a a really good education, got my MBA. Mm -hmm. And having a tech background has really proved to be very useful in my career, especially now that I'm on the marketing side and I'm trying to explain to non-technologists how our technology will help them.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well done. So my last question for you is, what is the best piece of advice you have for those interested in working in franchising?
1: I think in any business, especially in franchising, understanding your industry, understanding your customer's business, what's important to them and how your product or service will help them. Know where you add value, how it helps them, how it helps their franchisees, and of course, the end customer. My last piece that I'll share is people buy from people. Mm. Get to know your prospects and customers. Stay in touch with them throughout the relationship. Don't just call on them every three years when a, a contract renewal period comes up. See them at conferences, have dinner with them. Stay in touch so that your business can grow with their business. People buy from people.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I think my students are probably right now saying, okay, we get it, we get it. I talk about relationships all the time. So thank you for confirming that. It's been wonderful talking with you, Carl. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Kathy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit businessluvaledu slash yum Thank you for listening
0: to Franchise U.